CTM, which is my rule for prioritizing during the day. And it's uh, CTM stands for closest to the money, closest to the money. So you look, at, you look at all these things you have to do. You have 15 things you do. Which of these is closest to bringing revenue into the company? Because that's what you're paid to do, bring revenue into the company. So, uh, you know, if you're going to pick up a purchase order here, you're going to check on a back order there, you're going to do some training here, you're going to, uh, you know, whatever it is, you, you look at everything and say, which is likely, which of these activities is likely to bring revenue into the company first? That's highest priority. Next, 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 and so on. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I have Dave Kale with me, and we're going to be discussing the secrets of time management in sales. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, by way of introduction, Dave is an author, speaker, and sales trainer with over 30 years of experience. In that time, Dave has authored 13 books, that's 13, including Question Your Way to Sales Success and 11 Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople and How to Sell Anything to Anyone, Anytime. Really excited to have you in the show, Dave. Uh, my first question for you, what are some of the common time wasters that salespeople fall into? Yeah. You know, I think, I think the most common thing is uh, going about their job in a way that's not uh, mindful or thoughtful. In other words, they don't, uh, don't spend a lot of time thinking about, is this the best way to do this? Is there a better way to do this? Um, they they uh, don't necessarily prepare as they should. And so I, th I think the, probably the biggest time waster is a lack of, uh, of thoughtfulness, going about your job in a sort of a habitual and routine way without stopping and thinking of, about the most effective thing to do. So lack, lack of thoughtfulness, I would say. And how do they avoid falling into that time trap? Yeah, well, it's, it's a, in the word itself, you know, uh, a lack of thoughtfulness. So the, so the, uh, the uh, solution is uh, thoughtfulness. And what that means is, uh, you know, when I was, when I was in uh, my first professional sales position, my manager said, Dave, you ought to spend 20% of your time planning for the other 80. And um, I took that to heart. So 20% uh, of your time means that you have some rituals and routines and disciplines uh, to plan on a, on a regular and disciplined uh, basis in a regular and disciplined uh, sequence. So adding, adding the discipline of regular planning, preparing time is probably the single, the, the simplest solution. So I've heard you say that the single most effective way to improve your results as a salesperson is to improve your time management. Yeah. What, why is it that time management is so important in outside sales? Yeah, because you know, outside sales is one of the very few professions where we have the ability uh, to do what we want to do. You know, uh, we, we, can, we can leave when we want to leave. We can see who we want to see. Uh, we can go where we want to go pretty much, you know, without, without a lot of restrictions. And uh, with, that, with that great freedom comes great responsibility. And uh, for, for an outside salesperson, there are two decisions that he or she has to make that really have probably the, the biggest impact on 
results. And, and those two decisions are what and who. What should I do today? What, what should I do? And who should I see or, or call or, or, or communicate with? So what should I do and who should I see, more or less? And those decisions aren't made once. They're made multiple times in the course of the day. So as you, uh, so as you try to get better at that, eventually you lead to a system to help you make those decisions in a very effective way, the best way that you can over and over and over again. And, and how should they go about structuring that process of how to make decisions? What, yeah. what do you recommend as a mind frame or, or skills to do that? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I recommend a, a sort of a sequence or a, uh, for want of a better word, a, a, a methodical set of disciplines. So you, you discipline yourself to plan and prepare uh, and you do it annually, you know, so um, typically a one or two day, maybe even a three day planning and preparing retreat. Uh, that's first, and that happens every year. You take a you take a couple days off, and and you uh, you know you reorganize and you you reprioritize your customers and prospects, and and you know do all that deep thinking, and then a monthly plan. When we we uh, teach sales managers and salespeople to use the two page monthly planning form, where you don't have to plan everything every moment of every day, but but you want to make sure that you have identified and uh, committed to the most effective things, the most important things that you can do in a month, in a month. And then a weekly plan, of course, where am I going to go? Who am I going to see? What am I going to do? A daily plan, a plan for every, for every sales call. And then sometime after every sales call to reflect on it. So there's a whole, there's a whole uh, sequence of times where you stop and think about it. You know, the rule that I have, one of my 11 secrets of time management is think about it before you do it. And, um, that that means that means some some dedicated planning and preparing time. So that's a start. That's not the whole that's not the whole picture, but that's a great start. Outstanding. And and what are some common habits of good time managers in sales? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the habit of planning and preparing is, is one. And again, that's not that's not an event. It's it's a process that continues forever and ever. So that's a that's a good time manage uh, time management habit. Another one, probably probably uh, from my perspective, and again, I'm I, as a as a sales trainer and a consultant speaker, I'm often asked. Dave, is there, if there's just one place where you could make a change in a salesperson that would have the biggest impact, what would that be? And what would be that practice? And that would be one of the time management practices. And that is to uh, prioritize your prospects and customers based on their potential. Oh, and, uh, you know, we can go into that uh, a little bit more detail. But, but from my experience working with uh, tens of thousands of field salespeople, uh, uh, you know, across the country and overseas, um, that is to, to, to create a system and then to implement that system to continually prioritize your customers and your prospects based on their potential. That is the single most effective practice that I can teach uh, a field salesperson. Uh, that's so important. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a bunch of ways to do it. Um, what are what are some ways that you would encourage salespeople to go about prioritizing uh, their their customers by their potential? Yeah, well, uh, there's two two things that that we teach salespeople to look for. Uh, number one is w what we call QPC, and that stands for quantified 
purchasing capacity, which in other words is their, their spend, you know, how much, how much can they spend? Um, and the way we, we have them do that is to identify the QPC by answering this question. If, if this customer or prospect bought everything they could from me over the next 12 months, you know, whatever I'm selling, if, if they bought all of that from me over the next 12 months, how much, how much would that be? And so that's a very specific question and it yields a very specific answer. I mean, the answer is a number. So we use that number in, as an objective measurement of QPC in it. And because we got a, a framework around it, we can compare one account to another. You know, it's, it's far, far more effective than what I often hear. And that is, oh yeah, they're pretty big men. Okay, but let's, you know, we can do better than that. We can be uh, quantifiable and objective and so on. So first is, uh, is a QPC. And then there's another thing that really, uh, very few people think about in terms of uh, you know uh, 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 words. They they might have intuitive ideas about this, but it's a we've created a whole system that is something we call partnerability. Partnerability. So whereas QPC is objective, you know, it's an objective measurement. Uh, partnerability is subjective, and it basically is a way to filter through and rate a prospect or a customer on uh, who they are, not how big they are. So we look at two things. We look at how big they are, and then we look at who they are. And, you know, we, we, uh, things, things that like this, um, you know, are they, are, what's, their, what's their buying philosophy? Do they buy generally on the basis of price, on the basis of value, on the basis of relationship? You know, so that's, that, if, you're, if you're a low price vendor, you, you know, you're looking for people who are, who are price buyers. So, that, so that's one thing. How well managed are they? Are they accessible? Can you, can you get to the decision makers? Are they open-minded? So we rate, we have a system to rate a, a prospect on each of these very specific subjective variables, try to be as, as objective as we can in an area that's, that is fundamentally subjective. So we had, so what we, what we end up with is two measurements, one for how big they are, another for who they are. And then we put those together into a, in a matrix and out pops the accounts that are the greatest potential. Not only, not only can they buy a lot, but uh, who they are fits who you are and therefore they're easier to do business with. Absolutely, yeah, I've always kind of thought of it as and I've never heard the term uh, QPC before, the, the qualified purchasing capacity. But I guess the way I've always kind of thought about this is, yeah, like what's the total amount of dollars that I would project could come out of this account? And then, yep. then and that's kind of the objective piece and the subjective, I've always kind of thought of it as kind of, okay, boiling down all these subjective things, what's the probability that I actually get this deal? And so yep. they're kind of just two columns, and then I multiply them together in a spreadsheet, and that's that kind of gives me a good idea of where I should put my focus. Yeah, 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 and and you know that's good for you. The whole idea of uh, prioritize very thoughtfully, very thoughtfully prioritizing not only accounts but opportunities. I mean that's that's a that's a, a mainstay for effective time management for uh, field salespeople. Yeah, I, and and I would encourage companies to do this at the company level too. To uh, to think, try to 
help reps categorize things into A, B, C, D, or however many buckets of accounts you would need, but yeah. based on their based on their you know ability to be valuable to the company and where, help help the reps see where they should focus and where yeah. they should run their routes based on that. Yeah, you know, and uh, whenever we do this, and, we, and we'll do this in a workshop, uh, we also have a, uh, an online time management course where we take people through this particular exercise. But whenever we do it, uh, um, the, uh, the responses uh, are, seem to be very, very similar. And the most common response is, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was spending that much time with, you know, what we're gonna classify as C accounts. I, I really, I really need to adjust my time, my focus. I mean, that is that is the number one uh, response, and the other one is um, when we when we when we do a, a QPC analysis and we try to get good information. So it's not just oh, I think it's this, but we we try to get some valid information. The number is it seems almost always bigger than what the sales rep thinks. So when we when we when we ask them how much you think this account can do or this is worth, they'll come up with a number. But then when we investigate and dig deeper and get some you know get some, get some real good numbers, that's all almost always larger than what they thought. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So once they've once the reps have this information, they've thought about the objective total value they could pull out and, and the, the subjective um, issues on that, that help them decide who's important. How do you, how would you approach translating that into a schedule for their day to maximize their success for, for an outside salesperson? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so in our system, we use uh, three categories, ABC, you know, so uh, the A's are the highest potential. Uh, the B's are in between and C's are the lowest potential. And when uh, typ typically the first phase of that is just realizing uh, that the, that there is this classification of accounts and that most salespeople, if they've never done this as a routine habit, if this is the first time they're doing it, they are uh, honestly, their eyes are, are open wide. They just really don't realize it. So, so the first is to, uh, and in today's world, you know, everybody's got too much to do and not enough time in which to do it. So uh, they have to uh, withdraw from some of the C accounts so they have more time to invest in the A accounts. And that's, that's phase one and phase two now is to dig into the A accounts. And my rule of thumb is uh, spend half your time with the A's and half your time with everybody else. That's just, again, a rule of thumb. So, um, you know, as you, as you organize a schedule, a territory schedule and so on, you organize to visit the A's first, then the B's, and if you have any time, you do the C's, and if not, it's okay, because you're probably losing money on them anyway. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you anymore, and I, I, I think that when people have a system such as this, the first thing they realize is that they were over-investing in their C accounts. If they don't break things up into groups, especially yeah. a lot of a lot of sales management teams manage reps by activity yes. uh, in, in, in outside sales. So we'll see all the time, like, hey, we have goals for the reps to meet seven, get seven meetings a day. And as soon as you start managing people based on activity of, in that way, they will tend to like get more meetings, but maybe with lower value people who were, yes. who were right along the way or near their house. 
and like obviously with what with what Badger does, we can see okay, well here are we we can basically see in heat map like oh people are really over investing in what's near them or easy to get to, and that's a whenever I see that I'm like you're you're managing these guys based on their activity, aren't you? Because they're they're getting activity, but I doubt that it just so happens that it's worth visiting this account, these accounts that happen to be near their house within, you know, 10 miles of a radius, 10 times a year. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're visiting this guy out here once a year, because obviously they're, they're, you know, 80 miles away, but still in the territory. Like yeah. there's, they're, they're, if you don't have kind of a, a geographic layer to this, then you, you, if you don't, if you haven't broken people up, appropriately by value and then also dealt with the geography element of it you tend to overinvest in what's close to you and you tend to overinvest in in what you're calling the c accounts and some people yeah. go abc some people go to d or e i've seen people yeah. go bigger than that but the, the whatever the buckets are you overinvest in low value stuff yeah yeah you know we talk about it being a, people go where it's comfortable not necessarily where it's smart and uh you're talking about uh, activity management, and uh, of course, there's a place for some of that. But, but uh, given given quantity or quality, uh, quality is better. So uh, rather rather than uh, five calls to C accounts, I'd rather one account to one call to an A account, because that A account, if if you're at all good at what you do, that account is going to be uh, far more productive than than all the C accounts put together. So between quantity and quality, go for quality. Yeah, one, one thing that we've helped companies do in Badger is uh, kind of once they've broken things, these things up, and we don't tell them how to break them up, but once they've broken them up, build routes that allow them to kind of see these different buckets at different rates. Yeah. So kind of define, okay, well, we want, we want to see A's once a month. We want to see B's once every two months. We want to see C's once every four months. Yeah. And, and whatever it is for the individual business, but then build out a route and a plan and a schedule that allows you to do that um, and actually execute. Go, go, go from just having put them in buckets to, okay, now we're executing our days and our schedules and our calendars again, and making sure that actually happens. Yep. What, what are some tips for deciding on which customers or prospects salespeople should invest their time in? I mean, I, there's some obvious ones like, you know, the size of the opportunities or, but what are, let's, can we talk more about some of those objective ones or I'm sorry, so those, so those subjective ones that, yeah, sure. that you brought up? Sure. Well, so in the, in the system that we teach, we, we uh, recommend you find 10 very specific uh, issues that you're looking for. And again, the issue, the, the question is not um, what they can buy or how big they are. We take, we, do, do each of those separately. So we take how big they are totally off the table. So now we're just looking at who they are. And, uh, and we look for, th for these kinds of things, you know, is this account well managed? And by the way, whenever I, whenever I go through this with a group of salespeople, uh, we'll, we'll do several of these things. And I say, can you right now, if I, if I forced you to, could you rate every single one of your accounts, let's say on a zero to 10 scale on how well managed they are? And everybody says, yeah, 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 I probably could. Okay, so uh, how, how about uh, accessibility? 
How about open-mindedness? How about, here's another one, are they ambitious for the growth of their company? Because, you know, sometimes we're dealing with uh, second or third generation companies and, and uh, you know, they're quite content to be where they are. They really don't want to stretch and, and try to grow. So that's, a, that's one of the variables. Are they ambitious for the growth of their company? To what degree are you a good fit? Does your product and service a good fit for them? You know, if you're selling the high price spread, are they high price buyers? And uh, so, so there's, you know, those are the kinds of things that we look for. And the point that I always make is you already know this. You already know this. You don't know that you know this because you've never asked yourself these questions in a, in a detailed and methodical way. So generally speaking, if you, if, you got a, if you have a rep who's got a couple years experience, he can, he or she can sit down and create very specific uh, ratings of an account's partnerability based on the criteria that we develop. And that was a sample of some of those criteria. Such an important lesson. Um, you talk a lot about being efficient versus mm -hmm. being effective. T tell me about the difference between being efficient versus being effective for a field salesperson. Yeah. Efficient, efficient is uh, jamming a, a lot of tasks in the course of the day for, for a salesperson. So if you jam more stuff in the course of the day and you get more stuff jammed today than you did yesterday, then you're becoming efficient. Effective is not, it has nothing to do with the quantity of tasks. Effective is uh, how, how, what kind of results you get for your time. Here's, here's a great example. And I, and I use this when I'm talking with salespeople. Let's, let's say for, you know, you just, you're just tired of sales. You're gonna go do something else and you decide you're gonna be a house painter. And so you invest in the, you know, you get a truck and you get all the latest spray equipment and scaffolds and all this stuff. And you, and you paint your first house, man, you're just, you're just really pleased with yourself. You're sitting in your truck afterward, you know, and you, you're thinking, you know, I, I painted that house in 30 hours. Everybody else, I know everybody else are taking 40, 45. I'm efficient. See, you got it done in a short period of time. That's efficient. And then, so you start to fill out your invoice and, and, um, oh, you get a sick feeling in your stomach when you realize you painted the wrong house. <laughs> so you were very efficient. You got it done, man, in a short period of time, but you were horribly ineffective because you did the wrong thing. And that's where, you know, that's the difference between efficiency and effectiveness. Efficiency is about doing a lot of things in a short period of time. Effectiveness is about doing the right things. That's the difference. And, and so uh, if, so striving for efficiency rather than striving for effectiveness is the wrong way to approach yeah. time management. What's, what's the right way to approach time management? Uh, well, we, uh, you know, first thing we, we talk about when I, when I do a time management training is get the idea, get, get those two words and understand the, the, the difference between efficiency and effectiveness. So what we're going to do, we're not going to think about efficiency. We're going to think about effectiveness. We're gonna, in everything we do, we're going to say, what's the best way? What's the most effective? And we begin to create a mindset that, uh, you know, some, sometimes, sometimes saying no is a very appropriate thing to do. And that's a hard thing for salespeople to do. But if you create this mindset of effectiveness, you realize you have to say no to, to, to some things so that you're free up to, to say yes to the more effective things. So really understanding that and letting that, that efficiency versus effectiveness mindset just penetrate everything that you do. I mean, that's, 
that, that's a that's a fundamental starting point for time management for salespeople. And could you explain the more the quote unquote more mindset yeah. and how to, how adopting this mindset helps salespeople with their time management? Yeah. So. The more, M-O-R-E, the more mindset is an attitude that I think marks uh, the really uh, effective salespeople in whatever it is they're selling. And it's, it's, it says that uh, the mindset is in every situation, whether it's a relationship with an account, whether it's an opportunity, whether uh, you, you know it's a transaction of some kind, there is almost always more to be achieved there's there's more to learn there's more opportunities there's uh, uh, more relationships there's more depth in the in the opportunity and uh, once you begin with that framework saying there's more here than what superficially meets the eye that drives you to then uh, begin to seek that which you're expecting and that almost always drives you to other opportunities, greater opportunities, bigger things, because you started out with the mindset of there is probably more. So if you have a relationship with a, with a customer, you say, what, and you know, he or she controls this, this purchase, and you say, what more is there here? What other relationships? Or if there's an opportunity, you know, they say, we, hey, uh, you know, we want one of these, and you say, okay, what more is there? What goes along with this? What, what's used before? What's used after? What's used during? Are there more? Are, is there more? And so in everything, in everything, you just stop and say, where is there likely to be more? And, um, you know, the superficial, superficial salespeople, and uh, I, for want of a better word, I guess the average or the mediocre salesperson just generally accepts the, the superficial accepts what uh, is handed to them without really digging deeper and trying to uncover more. I think, that's, I think that is uh, one of the characteristics of the very best salespeople. They dig deeper in every, uh, every uh, aspect, every relationship, every opportunity that they can, and they look for more. So the more mindset. Yeah. And I didn't catch what, what more stood for, M-O-R-E. Yeah, it's not an acronym. It's, it's the word more. Oh. It's, it, stands, it, it doesn't stand for anything. It is more. You search for more. Okay. You just, you know. Um, I love it. Very, a very hungry philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So in one of your most popular books, The 11 Secrets to Time, or 11 Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople, mm-hmm you talk a lot about salespeople needing to stay grounded. Yeah. What, what makes being grounded? First of all, what is it? What may, and, and what makes being grounded so important to outside salespeople? How does it relate to good time management skills? Yeah. Well, you know, just stop and think about outside sales for a minute. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very heady. It's a very uh, uh, high activity kind of job. It's a job where you have a lot of freedom, as we talked about earlier, to decide what you do and who, who, you, who you do it with and, and so on. And so there's, uh, there is just in the nature of the job itself, there are lots of temptations to, um, you know, take shortcuts to, um, 
maybe inflate uh, the uh, the products features or values and 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 to take some shortcuts uh, and there are there are opportunities to get uh, it there's are there are temptations to get just so sucked into money that you lose track of everything else so that's that's just the nature of the job that has those kinds of things with it so in order to in order to uh, not burn out in the short term in order to stay true to who you are you, you need to you need to put some things in place that allow you to look at the job through i want to say more mature more responsible mindset so it's not just about making money it is that but it's not just about that so when we talk about getting grounded i talk about uh taking taking the time to identify your purpose you know what what do you you know it's the it's the why question uh, you know, why are you doing this? Well, because I, uh, I want the job. Why do you want the job? Well, to make money. Why do you want to make money? Well, support a family. Why do you want? And, and you know, you basically ask, I have a thing I call the rule of the fifth why. When you ask why five times in a row, sooner or later, you get to really core issues, spiritual issues and issues of worldview and what's your purpose here in the in this planet. And I think it's, I think it's really helpful for uh, a salesperson in particular because of all the temptations they have to deal with i think it's very helpful to have resolved that you know to have resolved here's my purpose here's my goal here's what i want to achieve in my life these are the values that i will stick to these are the things i will not do you know and, and it's a matter of uh of thinking deeply about these kinds of core issues and resolving them, then you don't have to think about it again for the, for a while. You know that provides provides you a guideline and a benchmark to live your life. So if so, if for example you say, uh, "I'm going to have I'm I'm going to uh, be honest in all that I do," and you commit to that, that's one of your values. Let's say. When, uh, when an opportunity comes up to, you know, to, to cut the corners a little bit, you say, no, not, you, you're not, I'm not going to do that because you already decided that. So you already decided that. So in the moment, it's easy. It's easy to make good decisions because you've already built the basis for those decisions. And that's what I mean about getting grounded. You build the basis, the fundamental basis for who you are as a human being, your value in this world, and let that shape the, put the boundaries around your, your activities as a salesperson. Well, the, uh, the next section is called sales in 60 seconds. So quick questions okay. and quick answers. I don't First know if I can do quick answers. Well, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> All we can do is our best in this world, okay. right? Okay. Uh, so how can great salespeople establish a healthy work-life balance? Uh, I think the, the number one thing is uh, spend time thinking about it. Think about it. Think about what you're going to do before you do it. And that's all that planning and preparing. If you, uh, the world can overtake you, you know, um, gee, Dr. Richard Swenson wrote a book called Margins in, in which he said, uh, among other things, we deal with more things per person today than at any time in history. That, that, is our, that is our world. We have to stop, think about it, and put some structure to it on a regular disciplined basis. So that would be number one. And what can salespeople do to prioritize their sales activities during a busy day? Well, I have this little thing I call, uh, it's a little acronym called CTM, CTM, which is my rule for prioritizing during the day. And it's uh, CTM stands for closest to the money, 
closest to the money. So you look, at, you look at all these things you have to do, you have 15 things you do, which of these is closest to bringing revenue into the company because that's what you're paid to do, bring revenue into the company. So, uh, you know, if you're gonna pick up a purchase order here, you're gonna check on a back order there, you're gonna do some training here, you're gonna, uh, you know, whatever it is, you, you look at everything and say, which is likely, which of these activities is likely to bring revenue into the company first, that's highest priority, next, 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 and so on. So in a, in a day when you have too much to do and not enough time which to do it, which everybody has every day, the thing to do is closest to the money. Prioritize your activities by closest to the money. And what are your favorite productivity hacks or tools that make the most of your time? Well, you know, I, uh, of course, uh, a good CRM system, you know, and there's, there's dozens or hundreds uh, out there today. Uh, software like like uh, yours, Steve, is a very very helpful tool. Um, I think, though, in terms in terms of tools and and hacks and things like that, probably the greatest tool is a good set of questions that you ask yourself, and a, and a and a good set of a question is a is an incredible tool to bring about all kinds of things to cause all kinds of things. So here, here's a question, but this, this just this one question alone, if you, if you think of it as a tool, good questions are great tools, and you carry it around in your toolbox, your invisible toolbox, and you use it all the time. So uh, here's a question that is a very powerful tool, and it's, that, it's this, am I doing right now the most effective thing I could be doing? Memorize that, it's a, it's a tool. See, now you got a good tool in your, uh, to put in your toolbox and uh, that's a great question. And let me repeat it, am I doing right now, this moment, the most effective thing I could be doing? I'll tell you, get, you, get yourself in the habit of asking that question several times in the course of the day, you'll be surprised how many times you say, no, I'm doing this stupid thing, why am I doing this? Kind of slid into it, stop this, do that. You know, so it, it is a constant check on how you're investing your time. And um, I guess, uh, what would you say the biggest mistake salespeople make with managing their time? Not managing it. Yeah, the, big, the biggest mistake salespeople make about managing time is they don't manage it. They just, they just slide into it. They, they slide into routines that become comfortable they slide into habits and don't even know they have them, you know, because habits after a while become mindless. They slide into a reactive uh, mode uh, where, where they uh, respond, you know, drop everything. A customer calls, drop everything and run, run off to the customer. That's, I mean, that's okay at, at some times, but to have that be the, your mode of operations, that's, you know, that's just silly. So, those, I think those are the main things that basically not managing time, not thoughtfully uh, thinking through the, the effectiveness questions of where's the best place to go, what are the best things to do, not answering those questions, those two questions I mentioned, who, the who and what question, not answering them mindfully and thoughtfully and wisely on a regular basis. So the, so the biggest problem I think is not a the biggest mistake they make is not managing their time as effectively as they could. And once sales reps hone in on these time management skills, once they've taken your advice and gotten better at this, how do they keep themselves accountable? How do they not slide back into bad habits? Yeah, well, that's uh, so that so that's why 
we create some disciplines uh, in, in terms of regular scheduled times to plan and review and so on. So you do that. So, so again, I mentioned an annual review. Yeah, so you do that every year and that provides a little check on, on what you're doing. You do it monthly, once a month, you take a deep breath, you know, and say, hey, wait a minute, am I doing what I wanna do? Did I spend my time the right way? What am I gonna do better ne next month? And you just, you take that time. So the regular routine of scheduled planning and reviewing buckets of time, that's one way. Another way, another way, uh, just a you know, simple little thing, uh, I use it all the time, is a, is a checklist, you know, a checklist. So you create a monthly checklist. I'm going to make sure I do these things. And, and you just, you just uh, check them off. And that checklist uh, keeps you focused, keeps, it keeps you focused on the most important things because you got them on your checklist, you know? So, and that's just a simple little tool. Everybody can create it. I, I mean, I use one daily. You know, what, what do I want to do today? And what are the most important things? And let's, let's, let's do that. So, uh, you know, and I guess, I guess another little technique is, is just to, uh, is to use your, your scheduler and uh, put everything on your, on your schedule. I mean, so again, I mentioned like uh, a monthly time, we actually allot a two hour time once a month to plan and prepare and review. So that ought to be, that ought to be scheduled right now for the year. Put it, block it out so that when that day comes, it's already blocked out. And, and that time is already uh, in, uh, ready to be invested. It's already committed to. So those are, you know, those couple of little simple little things about how to how to stay on track. Well, as an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a first step to get started on improving their time management? Yeah, understand understand the difference between effective and efficiency. That's first. And then block out some time first to think it all through. Are you, are, are you, are you doing what you want to do? Are you calling on the people that ha are the highest potential? Are you doing it in the best way? Are, are you prepared for each of those uh, uh, meetings and uh, exchanges and interchanges? Are, are you, you know, just stop, just stop right now. Stop, take a deep breath, think it through from, not from the perspective of what's history, but from the perspective of what's most important in the future. You know, this, this by the way, this is an issue in regards to ABC customers. Uh, when, I, when I ask salespeople, show me, your a, show me your A customers, almost everybody gets me a uh, printout of how much they bought last year. And what I say is, well, that's, that's okay, but it's, it's irrelevant. Because the question is not what you did last year, the question is what they could do next year. Potential is about next year, not about last year. And so about all of our habits and routines and so on. We don't look at the past. We look at what we want to do in the future. Where do we want to go? Who do we want to be? What do we want to do in the future, tomorrow and going forward? And let's, let's not take our cue from the past. Let's look for, with fresh eyes towards the future. As you say a lot of this stuff today, I keep thinking about uh, sales operations managers and how they can do things to enable their whole team to be more yeah. successful at this stuff. This is definitely, this is a good episode to get in the hands of, uh, of, of sales operations managers at, at companies, yeah. because this is, there, there are things they can do um, to empower the whole team across the board with, with some of your thoughts here. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to try to summarize your, your thoughts that you've given today, because a lot of people listen to this in the car, so they can't take notes. Um, 
So first be thoughtful of your time, plan and prepare in advance, plan what should I do and who should I see? Plan annually, monthly, weekly, daily, you know, et cetera. Have, have, think about things in terms of different timeframes mm-hmm. and get, get into the habit of planning so that, so that you can prioritize, which is ultimately the goal here, yeah. right? So you want to prioritize your prospects and your customers based on their potential. Mm-hmm. Um, to do this, you calculate their quantified purchasing capacity or their QPC. Mm-hmm. If, if a customer or prospect bought everything they could from, from you in the next year, how much would that be? That's the QPC. Mm-hmm. Then the other half is, so that, that's the objective half. The other half is subjective and that's partner ability. So what you do to calculate partner ability is you rate a customer or a prospect based on who they are, what's their buying philosophy, buying philosophy, do they buy on price, value, relationships, are they ambitious to grow their company? And, uh, and, and then you combine those two subjective and objective um, measurements. And based on those measurements, you can understand your prospects or your customer's potential. Mm-hmm. Take that and stack rank it categorize them by ABC or ABCD and A is the highest potential and C is the lowest potential. So try to, once you've done that, try to spend half of your time with your A accounts and half of your time with everyone else. So start with your A accounts. And if you don't have enough time for your C accounts, that's okay because you're, you're, you're focused in the most important spot and, and that'll still allow you to, to maximize sales. And, and if you prioritize quality over quantity like this, you'll maximize your time and, and therefore maximize your sales. Yeah. Um, being efficient is just jamming more tasks into a day, whereas being effective is about doing the right things. And so you, see, you can kind of see how all this ties together, right? Mm-hmm. You want to create a mindset of effectiveness and sometimes this means saying no so that you can free up time to do things that are more effective. Mm-hmm. This, this brought us to the more mindset, mm-hmm. which means there's always more to be achieved. And, and having this mindset to seek out and achieve that can drive salespeople to seek out greater opportunities and more opportunities with a customer. In outside sales, it can be really easy to want to take shortcuts in order to make more money. If you take time to identify your purpose, though, you can understand your value as a person and know what you won't do. You can be grounded, which is so important, by not cutting quarters and selling in a way that supports your values. Prioritize your daily thinking um, with an acronym CTM, closest to the money. Look at everything you have to do in a day and identify what activity is closest to the money and prioritize that activity. A great question to ask yourself is, the thing I'm doing right now, is this the most effective thing that I can do? Um, This has been such valuable advice for field salespeople, Dave. I really appreciate it. Where can our listeners read more about your work. Uh, obviously, you have a ton of books out there. Where, where can they reach out to you? Where can they learn? How can they learn more from you? 
Well, all the books are available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and so on, and on my website. So I have a couple websites, davekale.com. And um, we have, uh, the books are listed there as well as uh, you can uh, sign up for a weekly e-zine called Sell Better, which I write, I, I'm a, I write a lot, obviously, and send that every week to uh, people who subscribe to it. And there's another one called Lead Better for Sales Leaders just specifically for them. You can sign up on the davekale.com website. The other, the other one, uh, the salesresourcecenter.com, the salesresourcecenter.com is where we have all our online uh, programs and we have, a, we have a time management program. We, we use a, a proprietary methodology called immersion and uh, it's a methodology that we created that uh, goes way beyond just a, uh, instilling knowledge, but we we're cha we change behavior, and um, we we help salespeople create habits on an ongoing basis. So the sales resource center dot the sales resource center dot com for the courses, and particularly the time management courses, and uh, and the books, and uh, you know some of the free uh, free podcasts and easings at uh, www.davekale.com. Well, thanks, Tanya. We will get all that in the show notes so that people can reference it easily. This has been a great episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If anyone who's listening can think of other sales reps that would benefit from learning more about time management, and I'd say in particular sales operations people, that uh, that special sales operations person in your life could uh, could especially operationalize this for a whole team in certain ways. Um, definitely forward this on to them. Um, Really appreciate you spending the time with us here today, Dave, and take care until next time, everybody. Bye.